I would invite you for one more time to take your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. Twinkle, twinkle, bright morning star. Twinkle, twinkle, bright morning star. We're going to look at a lot of different passages today, but we're going to wrap up the story of the wise man looking at the bad guy. Um, it's like, wait a second, it's, it's Jesus we're talking about on Christmas. Well, amen. But every story has a protagonist, the good guy, and the antagonist, the bad guy. And we're going to look at the bad guy this morning and how he relates, of course, to the good guy. Our main statement is this, there is only one bright morning star in the heavens, and it is not Herod, you, or me. You know, at Christmas time, especially thinking about the journey of the wise men, we think about the stars. Um, I went outside last night, I needed to get something out of the car, and looked up into the sky, and it was so clear. I could look up and I could see Orion's belt and it's, see Mars up there. It's just so beautiful to take in all of these things. And I guess the older I get, the more I appreciate the night sky. I don't really know why, I just do. And I just was overwhelmed. And I just said, God, you are so awesome. You are so wonderful looking up at the sky. But then this morning, did anybody see the sky this morning? First thing, the sunrise, pink, beautiful sky all across the horizon. It was just breathtaking. But when we talk about the heavenly places, there is one star in the heavens that has no competition, and that is the bright morning star. Uh, let's read Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 20 together. The word of our God says this, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him, and assembled, and all Jerusalem with him, and assembled him, all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel." Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was." When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother. And they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warmed in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. 
Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise and take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And he rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet out of Egypt. I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, became furious. And he sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem and in all that region who were two years old or under, according to the time that he had ascertained from the wise men. This was fulfilled that was spoken by the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping and loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be comforted because they are no more. But when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Rise, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the child's life are dead. I want to talk to you this morning about morning stars. Now, you might be thinking, well, I don't really see a morning star there. Well, they're found throughout the Bible, and it's tied into the theme of this morning's message and really the theme of who Herod thought he was. Uh, morning stars are the stars typically are planets in the sky. When you read about morning stars in the Bible, they would look into the heavens, and typically it's planets because they're brighter objects. They're closer to the sun than all of the more distant objects, um, and they're reflecting the light back to Earth. And, and they are typically visible even in the morning time if they're close to the horizon. The Bible mentions morning stars in both Testaments. Both the Old Testament and the New Testament, it talks about these stars which can be seen in the morning. Perhaps you remember uh, there's songs about morning stars. There's, songs called a day, there's a song called Day Star. There's many stars out there, and it's referencing these stars that can be seen in the morning before the sun arises. Well, according to the Bible, morning stars are used to describe heavenly beings. These would be superior angelic type beings in the heavenly places. Um, for instance, let me read to you uh, Job. Job chapter 38 and verse number 7. It says, when all the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Now, God is telling Job this and speaking to Job asking Job, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? But then he gets to this and says, when all the morning stars sang together. Now, I want you to think about that for a minute. Do morning stars sing? Do stars actually sing? Well, no. But morning stars are used to describe heavenly beings. And these heavenly beings, these angels, when God was creating the earth, sang together. And all the sons of God shouted for joy. And of course, you've probably heard me talk before about the sons of God. 
those are references to God's heavenly sons, his angels, the heavenly beings that he has created in the heavens. So morning stars are heavenly beings. But also the Bible says something else in the Old Testament about morning stars. In Isaiah chapter number 14, verse number 12, there was at least one morning star that fell. In Isaiah chapter 14 and verse number 12, the scripture says this, How you are fallen from heaven, O day star, or morning star, son of the dawn, how you are cut down to the ground, and you who laid the nations low. And of course, if you have uh, a King James translation, it says this, How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer. Son of the dawn. Of course, Lucifer is just Latin for the exact same phrase. But the devil, according, we became the devil. But before he became the devil, at least according to Isaiah 14, was one of these. One of these morning stars. One of these heavenly beings reflecting God's glory in the heavens. And he fell. But then the New Testament also talks about morning stars as well. In fact, it's how Jesus refers to himself in Revelation chapter 22 and verse 16. I want you to hear this. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David. Think about that. I'm the ancestor and the descendant is what he's saying. The bright morning star. The bright, not a morning star, but the bright morning star. Now, when we hear that, we just think, oh, that's poetic language, and it's just saying that Jesus is beautiful. No, it's saying that, but more. We understand that morning stars are heavenly beings. We know this from the Old Testament. Heavenly beings that sang when God laid the foundations of the earth. One heavenly being, a morning star, who became Lucifer, who became the devil when he fell. We understand that morning stars are in heaven. They are occupants of heaven. So when Jesus says in Revelation 22, to look at it again, when he says, I have sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David. I am the ancestor of David. David came from me. And I'm the descendant. I came from David, but I'm also the bright morning star. The bright morning star would be him saying, but even more than that, I'm from heaven itself. And I am the chief morning star over all of the morning stars. That I am the one who rules heaven. I am the bright morning star. So, the Bible mentions morning stars in both Testaments. And when it talks about morning stars, it's referencing heavenly beings. But when it talks about the bright morning star, it's talking about the morning star that literally rules heaven. Principle number two. Both in heaven and on earth, there are those who try to be the image instead of of reflecting him both in heaven and on earth there are those who try to be the image rather than reflecting him 
a couple of things to think about here. Heavenly beings reflect God's glory in heaven. You ever asked, why did God make angels? Why did God make morning stars? Why did God make the sons of God? I mean, only God is eternal. All those beings in the heavens serve his will and his purposes. Why did God do that? Well, to reflect his glory. Psalm 8 tells us this. Psalm chapter 8, verses 3 through 5 says this. David, the psalmist, looks at the night sky and says, When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, What is man that you are mindful of him? What is the son of man that you care for him? Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings. It's interesting. David is revealing to us what he thinks about when he sees the stars. David's in the night sky and he looks up and he sees, perhaps he was looking at Orion's belt. He's looking up and he's seeing all of those constellations and all of that beauty. And he's saying, man... What is man? What am I that you are mindful of me when all of those heavenly beings up there are so bright and beautiful? When David looked at the stars, they were a means of him thinking about the spiritual world. He thought, he doesn't think like we think, that they were balls of gas, but rather that those stars up there were reflecting God's glory in the heavens through these heavenly beings. So again, yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. We also know from Psalm, it's not in your notes, but if you were just to turn the page and look at Psalm 19, verse 1, the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. In the mind of the ancient biblical person, the person who lived in Bible's times, the stars were reflecting God's glory, and not only that, they were a means of the old, of the people with the biblical mindset of talking about spiritual beings in the heavens. So both in heaven and on earth, there are those who try to be the image of God instead of reflecting him. The heavenly beings reflect God's glory in heaven, but human beings reflect God's glory on earth. Uh, Of course, you know this verse in Genesis chapter 1 and verse number 27. I'm actually going to start in verse 26, but verse 26 says this, Then God said, Let us make man in our image and after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, God created him. Male and female, he created them. Now, we are created in God's likeness and image to reflect his glory on earth. And in a similar way, the heavenly beings are created after God himself to reflect his glory in heaven. They're up there and we are here, but both are to reflect God's glory here on earth. Now, before we go further, I want you to think about this idea that both in heaven and on earth, there are those who try to be the image instead of reflecting him. 
We don't know much about the fall of the devil, how he became the devil. We only know bits and pieces, and I've talked about that subject before, and we can talk about it another time if you would like. But just for today, we just don't know much. We do know this, that it was because of pride that he sought to be like the Most High, that he was not content being a morning star. He wanted to be the bright morning star. It was not enough for him to be one of the rulers serving underneath the rule of God in the heavenly places. He wanted to rule it all. So thus, there are those in heaven who, rather than reflecting God's glory, want to take the glory and take God's place. And rather than reflecting God's image, they want to become the image. And so it is that we see our story today. Herod, as we've seen from week after week as we've looked through the story, has sought to place himself at the center of the story. We don't know exactly when all of this happened. We know that Herod died in 4 BC, some say 3 BC. This is at the very end of Herod's life and reign. He is about to fade into the pages of history. Yet he is still holding on to power and his rule with the grip of death, so much so that as we read this morning, he was willing to kill every baby two years of age and under in Bethlehem and the surrounding region to make sure there would not be anything that would lay threat to his rule over being king of the Jews. So just as it is in heaven that the devil sought to be the center of attention and receive and take the glory for himself, and through pride he fell, there are those of us on earth that we can make the same mistake like Herod, that we can make instead of life about being and reflecting God's glory, we make it about ourselves and pursuing our own ambitions and ends. Which leads me to the final thing, which is this. At the end of it all, we are not the image. We are the image of the image. We are the image with a lowercase i. Only God, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God. And this error of Herod, the reason he was driven to madness and massacring babies, is because He had seen himself as the center of it all. Friends, the more we seek to make life about ourselves and holding on to our desires, wants, and ideas, the more painful our life will be. This is one of the reasons I love the honesty of the Bible. When people through pride, pursue their own ambition in the pages of Scripture, not only do bad things happen, they get hurt. When people pursue their desires, their wants, their ideas, they get hurt. Ultimately, Herod's rule will be totally eradicated within a few generations because of the pattern of violence and cruelty that he set forth and the legacy that he left behind. But also, the moment we let go of the spotlight, we not only find our place, 
we find true freedom. What a comparison and contrast between these three magi, these three kings from the east, who were willing to travel for days, months, perhaps years, to lay their gifts before a baby and worship him. How is that contrast contrasted when you compare that story to Herod? Within just a short walk from Jerusalem to Bethlehem, and rather than worshiping the baby, he sought to kill him. Who is the one who is bound? Well, when the wise men heard of the birth of the baby, they went with joy to worship him. When Herod heard of the birth of the baby, he was afraid and all of Jerusalem with him. Why? Because Herod's world had Herod at the center. And a baby who is called king is a threat to Herod's glory. The final thing is this. At the end of it all, we stand before God. I wonder if we could have a conversation, if we could have had a conversation with Herod. When Herod made all these decisions, literally, he was months from dying himself. And here he is at the end of his rule and at the end of his reign and is literally trying to snuff out the glory of God on earth. I wonder what he had to say when he stood before Jesus. Now, fortunately, God is very gracious, but also God is also just. Friends, as we think about the Christmas story, there is one bright morning star. There's only one. And it's not Herod. It's not you. It's not me. It is Jesus. And anything anyone else placed in the center will ultimately hurt you. Because whatever you place at the center of your life, that whether it be a thing or a person, is what or who you will serve. And anyone other than Jesus, it will just bring pain and suffering into your life. Because there's only one bright morning star in the heavenly places. There's only one king of heaven. So therefore, truly, there can be only one king of your heart in my heart. And it's certainly not Herod. And it's not Matt. It's not your spouse. It's not your parents. It's not your children. It's not your job. It's not your passion. It's Jesus. Is Jesus in the center this Christmas? He loves you so very much. This is why he came. But there's only one bright morning star. Is he the king of your heart today? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for these moments that we've celebrated together over the last two days of you coming to earth, Lord, and coming as the king of heaven into a lowly manger. 
Lord, as I try to place myself in the story, I would love to think um, that I would be like the shepherds or the wise men coming to see and coming to worship. But Lord, there have been many days of my life that as I look back over and think about them and take an honest look, an honest look at my life would say, you were probably more like Herod, threatened by what God is doing rather than blessed by it. And Lord, the reason for that is because I have made myself the center. Lord, I pray today, this Christmas, that we have a moment. Lord, a moment of commitment to acknowledge you as the center and the reason for Christmas. Regardless of what it has been, who it has been, yesterday, last week, six months, last 10 years, whatever it is. Lord, I pray today each of us can have a moment of making you the center of our lives this morning because you're already the center of all things. Lord, we bless your name. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen.